you end up moving really slow. But a lot of guys like Kenny can take advantage of his explosiveness. I guess my point being is that no matter what he's good at, no matter what I'm good at, we can still both play the same sport. It's just that we're gonna react to a lot of the things within the sport quite differently. A lot of these things we're talking about, I ended up finding out and connecting these dots like after I had already known because I was in tune with my body. So everything as far as fast twitch, slow twitch, anything like that, I, I felt it. I knew like I, it was just like natural to me. Like I felt that my body had an ability to do these things super easy. So I had my rice and grinds this morning. What flavor? Peanut butter? Double scooper. I'm still stuck on that peanut butter cream. Oh yeah, that's something special. I like the chocolate brownie. I'm having trouble with my scooper, to be honest with you. Yeah. I put a bigger scooper in there. Really? <laughs> yeah, I put like a steak shake oh, scooper shit. in there, which is like a little bigger. Yeah, I know uh, I know the macros now. I know it's, the one I'm using now is 34 grams of carbs. And if you're dieting, two scoops of that is only, that's what? 60 something yeah, 70, 70 almost yeah that is like if you make it right the vault like you could mm -hmm. have it tastes fucking del it tastes like cake does it puff up more if you cook it on the stove probably does right yeah it's more like creamy but the peanut butter one i asked why it gets so like thick and he said it's because they put peanut butter powder in it oh. but the other flavors if you put water in it and just put it in the microwave like i do it makes it like fluffy cake. Oh, nice. It's pretty yeah, so I had some of that and then I, uh, anyway, and I ran. And then when I came back home from that, I was like, oh, shit, I need fuel for this. Yeah. So I was going to make a big old thing of ground beef, but I made a big old thing of ground beef and rice. Oh. With some bone broth in there. I like that. Let's see. You uh, want to gra grab some wrist wraps or anything? Or you're, you're... Yeah. Grab some. Hopefully I have some. There's fast twitch and there's slow twitch muscle fibers. The slow twitch muscle fibers are, they, slow twitch muscle fibers work better for endurance. The fast twitch muscle fibers, which is that guy, he's very twitchy. Even his, his whole body, his whole being, even when you talk to him, he's like moving around. You'll see Jeremy Avila does that too. No surprise, both guys can jump like crazy, super athletic super like springy. Um, I was always probably more in the middle, but I, I built a capacity with the fast twitch muscle fibers. So the fast twitch muscle fibers are, are explosive. One of the things that you sometimes run into if you get to be inefficient or if you start to, you, you can get in this weird period where when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
you're overlapping the two things a little too much and you overtrain. So you could do that with too many sets and too many reps and things like that. You, like, there's rules to explosive training. If, if like, we're doing like five by five today, right? But we're not really gonna do a 10 by five with that same weight. It's gonna be inappropriate. It's gonna be, we're not gonna be able to really recover from that. There, there could be a time where we build up to that but you have to really strategically work your way up to that. Most of the time when people are working for strength and working for explosiveness, you'll notice the overall amount of reps is usually under like 20. And that goes for med ball tosses, jumps, just about anything you think of, even just jumping down from a box. A good coach is not gonna have an athlete do a crazy amount of them, especially considering that, the, that an athlete is doing you know, double, triple, or 50, 50 times that amount when they're playing their sport and then maybe even more than that, right? Um, but with something like running, people go out and they try to run way too fast and they are basically uh, getting themselves so fatigued that their muscles that are supposed to be for endurance or slow twitch muscle fibers don't have an opportunity to do what they need to do and the fast twitch muscle fibers will try to take over when you're huffing and puffing and you're really out of breath, but they're inefficient at endurance training. So that's why you see me a lot of times when I'm training, I'm only breathing in and out of my nose or I'm training with a lower heart rate. It's so I can recover from the workout really easily and it's so I can, um, so I can just continue to go and continue to work on the slower muscle fibers. Yeah. What do we got, some reps? That's interesting, yeah, a lot of reps. Yeah, Joe Sullivan, when I worked with him, he, uh, he was explaining kind of the same thing that uh, I'm fast twitch. Mm -hmm. And normally I would think with previous coaches that they would prescribe the opposite for bodybuilding, mm -hmm. which would be like super slow tempo, high reps. But Joe programmed me like, like a top set of three or five on the oh, trap bar. Oh, he wanted bar. you to take advantage of that. Yeah, and he said, you might as well lean into it. And my response to it was amazing. I got, it seemed like a better pump than if I would do deadlifts for 12 reps. Mm. It was very interesting. Well, yeah, what that's, you can just, you can go ahead. But what that's referring to is that yep. Kenny is able to recruit a lot of muscle fibers. Sometimes it's more difficult for some people. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, yep. Getting in them reps. Yep. Oh, yep. Oh, shit. That was a shit ton of reps. That felt good. That great. But yeah, I love strength training. I'd go back to, uh, the other question was about size, you know, muscle size and are they correlated? Um, they're almost always related. You know, whenever you see someone that's bigger, a lot of times they're gonna be stronger. Now, that person might not be as strong as they could be or as strong as they should be. You might have a guy that weighs 300 that deadlifts like 600 pounds. And that's, that's, not, that's not really strong in comparison to you know, you see a lot of guys that weigh 200 pounds that could deadlift 600, 700 pounds fairly easily, you know. So um, the muscle size isn't always indicative of strength and, your, and strength training doesn't always uh, dictate 
somebody gaining more muscle mass because the rules for hypertrophy are kind of specific and the rules for strength are kind of specific, but they don't always cross over. They don't always intersect, but uh, someone can gain tremendous amounts of strength and still weigh you know, 148 pounds. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like one of my buddies, when he first started getting into lifting, he would be like mind blown. He was like, how is this skinny sumo pull? How, mm -hmm. how is this guy deadlifting right. like 800 pounds? And I have to explain like basically what you said is it's more of like a, they're it's perfecting skill, the yeah. technique. It, yeah, it's a skill mm -hmm. more so than like everything that goes into bodybuilding for the end result, which is the food that it's literally getting big or getting diced. So. It sounds kind of funny, but like the way that I would, the way that I would word it is let's say Kenny is like absolutely ridiculous at freestyling a rap. Mm. And let's say that I'm pretty good at rapping too, but I have to write it down. That's what it would be like, or he's freelancing comedy and I have to write it down. I would, in my, in that case, I would be like the bodybuilder. I still have the skill set within me. I still have all that, but I have to meticulously kind of write it down and, and, and go at a, go at a different pace, go at a slower pace where he's able to think on his feet with it. And that would kind of represent a little bit more like power sports or strength sports, weightlifting, powerlifting. It's amazing. And so on. I mean, powerlifting Powerlifting is a weird sport because it's not necessarily even like a fast twitch. It's definitely not even, a, it's not a fast twitch sport really. <laughs> it seems like it is, but it's, it's kind of not. Um, because you end up actually moving really slow in powerlifting. Yeah. You end up moving really slow. But a lot of guys like Kenny can take advantage of his explosiveness. I guess my point being is that no matter what he's good at, no matter what I'm good at, we can still both play the same sport. It's just that we're going to react to a lot of the things within the sport quite differently. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it is super interesting. But you, yeah. normally, normally bigger muscles, you know, somebody having a larger muscle, normally it's going to help with strength. Um, all the way to the point where someone like Joe Sullivan, who's a really great coach, and he does a great job bringing people up to par with their strength, and he holds uh, all-time world record in the squat and stuff like that. A guy like that will say, look, you want to increase your squat, we got to increase the size of your quads. And you start to break that down, well, that might mean that you drag the sled backwards real heavy. That might mean you do leg extensions. That might mean you do hack squats. That might mean you do isolation exercises. It might mean that you train your legs three or four times a week. It could mean all kinds of stuff. But it kind of doesn't sound like that would be a recipe for strength. But at certain points in someone's career when they already developed some strength, the next thing to do is just to try to slap some size on those areas. Oh yeah. Here we go. Good reps. Oh, there we go, Mark. Yep, there we go. Good. Yep, let's go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Woo! Solid. Whoa. That was weird. I felt pretty fast in the beginning and then just went. Yeah, that's what <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. 
I think I don't see enough, maybe because I don't follow it. I don't see enough people talking about uh, the powerlifting legends, like they do the bodybuilding, like Mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, Louis Simmons gets talked about a lot. But Ed Cohen. Mark, Ed Cohen. Uh, Our boy Greg, Stan. Stan, Greg Panora, I was a big fan of. Oh, yeah. Chuck, forgot his Chuck last Vogelpool. name. Chuck Vogelpool. Uh, All the dudes at Westside. And... Uh, uh, I liked Scott Mendelson. He was... Dan Green. Dan Green. Remember Dan Green's hamstring? Oh like, my God, he was his hamstring. Jacked. His hamstring went from like here, like all the way like that. You're like, what yeah. the hell? I used to always like. He couldn't the... stand. I remember he like. Yeah. He was like, what's up? He's jacked. As he like couldn't his lower body. Herbie, Herbie, uh, Andrew oh, yeah. Herbert. He, I used to love him. He had a huge back. He came in our gym and squatted like mid eights or so, eight yeah. something, eight forty. Yeah, I was always a big fan of uh, like oh, yeah. guys like Jeremy. I could relate. He's not like a mass monster, and he moved really quick. He he is shredded though. But Kaylor Woolham and Jeremy, those, those Jeremy like came in our uh, into our studio at Super Training and was looking for a uh, singlet. Yeah. Everyone looks awful in a singlet. That's true. Singlets are weird. He throws a singlet on. He looks amazing. He looks so jacked, and his abs are like. Poosh, poosh, right through the singlet. I was like, makes no get sense. out of here. It makes no get sense. Get out of here. He's been better at his food, though. I remember I was helping him for a while, and now I see him post, and he's like, he's getting proper meals in. He's e eating, like, orange Jolly Ranchers, but not the red oh, ones. Oh, he still does that, but he's still getting some good meat in. Yep. All right, here we go. One, two, three. <clears throat> Anyway, we were talking a little bit about like, you know, a big person versus a strong person. And sometimes there's like overlap between the two. Sometimes the biggest guy in the gym is the strongest guy in the gym. And there's other times when there's like some 18 year old kid that's wiry, like deadlifts, you know, 770. And it's yep. not, it's not always a sumo. Like sometimes it's, you know, conventional, regular uh, deadlift. Not cheating. And strength is uh, built and cultivated over a period of time, but there's also pe people who are naturally in tune with their body enough to where they can display their strength pretty easily. So when they first get into weights, it kind of comes easier to them. And you have, you know, on one side, you got the bigger guy that the gym is perfect for him because he can move around pretty good weight because he's already heavy and mass can move mass. And then you got the smaller guy sometimes that can move around pretty good weight as well, just for whatever natural reasons, natty reasons. Maybe he's born that way. Maybe it's part of his uh, upbringing. Maybe he played some sports and he has some, like Kenny's situation, playing baseball, developed explosiveness, and just sort of kept that with everything else that he did. And what I have noticed, you know, you sometimes hear people talking about slow twitch, fast twitch. What am I more geared towards? Am I a slow twitch athlete? Then maybe I'll do endurance training if I'm a fast twitch athlete. Uh, maybe I'll do powerlifting and weightlifting and stuff like that. But I don't like to get too caught up in some of those details because I think what matters more is what's fun to you, like what calls to you, like what do you really enjoy? Because like right now for me, I enjoy running, but I spent so, such a long time training my body and training my nervous system and trying to excite the fast twitch muscle fibers and teach my body how to recruit some of those muscle fibers in a split second, and then now I'm doing the exact opposite. So I don't think it matters a ton, but what I will say is this, is that 
I don't know whether these guys are... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fast Twitch, I don't know where these guys are slow twitch. But when you see an IFBB pro bodybuilder, there is just something really, really different about them. And it's hard to put your finger on it. You don't know what it is. But they have this like bubbly muscle. I mean, in my head, it works out to where they're more of a slow twitch athlete. But I don't think that even makes any sense because that's not true. With like some of them are like some of them are super explosive. Yeah, maybe they're fast twitch. I have no idea. But I really don't think it matters that much. What matters is they're in tune with recruiting a lot of muscle fibers, and they know how to squeeze and get the most out of every single rep or set. You'll see a lot of big dudes. You'll see people that are in shape. There's people that you'll give a little head nod to. There's people that are 200, 220, and so on. But when you see a professional up close, it's like muscle on top of muscle on top of muscle. It makes you scratch your head. You're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there is definitely a lot of those guys, the bubbliness and the skin and just everything. But, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is going to be confusing to somebody who's not – that experienced I'm not that experienced but a lot of these things we're talking about I ended up finding out and connecting these dots like after I had already known because I was in tune with my body so everything as far as fast twitch slow twitch anything like that I, I felt it I knew like I, it was just like natural to me like I felt that my body had an ability to do these things super easy I didn't know what it was called but Later on, like working with Joe Sullivan, he's like, oh, no, you're this. And then I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then I look it up on Google, and all the, like, the, the description is exactly what I felt five years ago. I just didn't know what it was called. So, and if I did know, it might have confused me. So I would just say don't neglect um, a lot of these things because when I started working, um, with certain coaches and going deeper into bodybuilding, I thought, you know, jumps and stuff, I looked at it like it's not going to be beneficial at all for me because I'm not, I don't see Phil Heath or any of these top pros that I look up to. I don't see any of them doing this. But the more time I spent in the gym, the more I noticed, I'm like, oh, it's just because they literally can't. They don't. Maybe that's just not their strength. So if you realize, like, you can jump high, you can move side to side, you can be athletic, uh, Joe taught me to lean into that more so than view it as a negative going into bodybuilding because I'm sure all these IFBB pros, if they could still have the uh, capability to jump super high and move, they would. But mo like most likely they just yeah. never could do it, and then that's why they just pigeonholed themselves into getting huge. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen uh, you know, Chris Bumstead dunk a basketball. And when he did dunk that basketball, I asked him what it was like to land, and he said it fucking sucked. So I think the, the uh, risk to reward is too high. And Phil Heath is a great example. He was a great basketball player, and so he discontinued that. Even have guys like Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw was actually a really excellent basketball player as well. 
And then, you know, he got himself to be 400-something pounds, 450 pounds, doing World's Strongest Man competitions. Now it doesn't really make sense to dunk a basketball and do some of those things. Um, I do think it's important, though, that people do um, not only keep, not only work on their aesthetics and work on their physique, work on the way they look. Even if you're a strength athlete, I think that you should work on the way that you look. Um, if you are a bodybuilder, I think that you should work on your strength. If I, I think if you're a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, I think you should work on your athleticism. I think it's a disservice to yourself in some ways. Now, again, if you start to get really finite with the thing that you're doing, you want to go real vertical with it, like I did with powerlifting for years and years, then it might make some sense. But something that people might not realize, during my powerlifting career, after every single competition, I would always lose weight. I would always do the war on carbs. I'd always do a ketogenic-style diet, and I'd start to lose weight because I would recomp myself each time. And then eventually, over time, it just wasn't working as well as I wanted it to, to work, and I got bigger and bigger and bigger, and I was getting bigger and more muscular at the same time and get, getting fatter and more muscular at the same time. And then at a certain point, my luck just ran out, and I got fatter and fatter. And that's when I had to make a decision to uh, make some changes. But... It would have been amazing for me to try to keep some athleticism in, like what Kenny's doing. That would have been really huge because now when I'm trying to reintroduce athleticism, now it's almost like I'm starting over completely. Because I hear a lot like you hear Lee Priest, and his, his off-season was his off-season. It wasn't bulk up to 350 pounds and blast a bunch of gear, which there's nowadays, I mean, you can't really just take the – whole season off but <laughs> there's some people that did sean roden was one of my favorite bodybuilders my favorite olympian um and he did that's what he did he, when it was his off season he focused on losing weight stopped taking gear ate kind of just whatever he wanted looked normal i used to see him at gold's yeah. gym yeah he used i mean to i look swear to god he would look like he would look normal for like a you know giant bodybuilder you know yeah. what i mean but i don't think it needs to be that extreme but i just think for me, if you have any sort of ADHD or whatever, like I wouldn't just keep beating your head into the wall or however that quote goes, mm -hmm. because then you're going to hurt yourself. Health consequences, there's going to be something. So I think that having it structured, just like a, when I'd play baseball, there's we're in season and then we're off season and I'm relaxed, but I'm focusing on, you know, specific things. And then the time I get to the next season, I've improved those things. So I think, I just thought of bodybuilding when you said that because mm -hmm. you did it for powerlifting. But you don't seem to sweat it too much on like the exercises we picked no. um, as well. Which you know maybe maybe when you're 35 and you're like more particular about your training or something, maybe you'll care more. But um, yeah. I mean, I know that you care because like we plan these workouts and you get super excited and you text me over like what we're gonna do and that one day when you came over here and deadlifted heavy and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So you are fired up. You are thinking about the exercises, but. The exercises aren't really, well, I'll let you say it yourself. Are the exercises something that is really shaping you, or is it the diet? Like when you step on stage and compete uh, again, uh, you know, what are you, what are you, what do you, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. To me, this is, this might, uh, obviously people are going to disagree. Kenny but, science, hashtag Kenny yeah, science. This is my own science, okay? <laughs> so I think it's all food because it, it is all food. So if I'm bulking or cutting, my training, now, more recently, I have been on a program, uh, but even when I come, like, most of the time, I'm changing shit up every single day, because that's where I get, 
motivation and inspiration from. It's like one day I might wake up and want to do 10 sets of bench press and then go home and that's the workout. But I think to me it's not, it's more so based around the food. The deficit is what's going to get me shredded. And I know no matter what style of training I do, if I train hard with enough volume, enough intensity, and I do my cardio, no matter what I do, I'm going to look how I want to look. Yeah, you I had know. striations coming out of your chest today. Yeah. And it's not like we're doing, I mean, we did do some flies and stuff, but I don't see you like, you know, strategically, like, you no. know, just doing these little things. A lot of it's coming from your diet. Yeah, I think, I think that's everything to me because I don't, I mean, even in the off season, I didn't follow a program. I just knew that when we would hit workouts, if my intensity set to set, if I have some type of intent going into it, I have some type of goal, most of the time it's just meathead shit. Like I'm going to go to failure and I'm going to push as hard as I can. If I do that, I know all I have to do, no matter if it's flat barbell, pec deck, incline dumbbell, I just have to eat enough food to recover from that stimulus. And to me, it's all going to be the same. It doesn't, to me, I don't really care if I'm on a fucking incline dumbbell or a flat dumbbell or whatever it is, overhead press. I just need to, I know I need to eat a certain amount of food to recover from that. And in a deficit, it's really just, I need to do enough activity throughout the day, get my cardio in and train hard. And I'm good. As long as I follow the diet, that's, that's the only blueprint I will follow is the diet. It's a really interesting thing. I mean, training aside, if you just go with a diet, if you just take a person that doesn't even train, take a person that's got kind of a normalish uh, physique, and if they were to lose body fat by simply going into like a caloric deficit of some sort, and they were able to hold on to muscle mass, you'd start to see veins in their forearms. Um, you might even start to see some separation in their shoulders. You might even see striations in their chest without somebody even barely training. Because, like, all the muscles are there. We're all human, and we have muscles there. Now, it's not going to look as shaped as, like, a pro bodybuilder, but just to express and to tell you guys how important the nutrition is, it would be really, really rare and weird circumstances. I mean, I can't even really think of what the circumstances would even be. But if you just took anyone, regardless of how big they are, how heavy they are, how fat they are, and they got to be like 7% body fat or something like that, you're going to see abs. Yep. Maybe even striations in their legs and stuff, if, especially if they were a heavier person previously, just from carrying around that weight. So, so much of the answer is in being lean, but, uh, but we've pointed out so many times on this podcast that a lot of times, unfortunately, people are going about it the wrong way. They're not sending a signal need to set the signal through lifting some weights. That's really important. And you also need to be eating enough protein. You kind of yep. cover those two things and you start to bring down the overall amount of energy that you're consuming in a day or have more energy output. And now you're on the road to getting leaner. Yeah. For me, this drop that I've, I've been doing, like since I've been training with Kenny, I think I've slowly gotten a little leaner, you know, just, just, a, just a tiny bit very slowly over time, probably lost about 10 pounds, maybe seven of its fat or something like that. I'm not really, I don't even really know, but I've been inspired. I love training with people that are young and people that are fired up. It gets me fired up, keeps me inspired, keeps me young, but this hasn't been hard to do. Now I, I do a lot. 
I train a lot, I run a lot, I lift a lot. So I'm not saying that I don't, I don't do a lot. But for me, this is very manageable. This is not hard. Um, you're not going to see me like six months from now being like 60 pounds heavier yeah. and being like, man, I just, it was not sustainable, bro. Like you guys have kind of seen me like this for a long time. And uh, that's why I'm so passionate about teaching this stuff is because I do understand how difficult it can be in the beginning because all of it's freaking like just total rude awakening when you start even just like reading food labels and everything. The whole thing is a, is a, is a trip and it takes a long time to get adapted to it. But if you could stick with whole foods, whole foods will assist you with uh, managing the overall amount of calories you consume every single day, jack the protein up, go on some walks, get some lifting in. You should be heading in the right direction from there. Yeah, yeah. I take, uh, I kind of want to make that adjustment too after this prep, take advantage of rather than blowing up 50 pounds, um, <laughs> I, I look at like you. Getting all bloated. Yeah, yeah. I look at like how you've done it the last couple of years. Mike O'Hearn, like all these people that stay lean and just make small little changes, like all in details. And like, it might be super small, like you said, but the, the visual to other people that can like, not your own set of eyes is crazy looking. So that's kind of, I think the last, this last bulk was like my last full off season. Cause if I'm going to do classic, I can't really afford to be and I don't know if I want to bite the bullet and go full bore in the open bodybuilding because I'm sure you at one point I get it, you were chasing a, like numbers, so it might be different. I might be more motivated if mm -hmm. I'm like I'm gonna go squat fucking a thousand pounds. I'd definitely be like I'll do whatever it takes. I'd be <laughs> yeah. 375 pounds, but for <laughs> right. bodybuilding, it's. I just feel like I have to, that's a full... Jay Cutler is the one who made me, he made me do bodybuilding. Yeah. He yeah. made me do regular bodybuilding. He's like, you're not going to do this board short stuff, are you? Uh, I was like, oh, no, I'll no. Ne I'd never do that. That's <laughs> going too far. But as far as having to be like, you know, I'm in the middle. I'm, I don't I don't think I want to push that, that button yet unless I have to. I think I can still do classic and fill that out pretty well. So I don't know if I'm ready to do that. So I think... Staying lean is the way to go. Everybody's doing it now anyways. All the people that were ginormous, or, or you see them either losing weight or they stop lifting completely, have to change their diet up. But I think you found a good balance where you still stay jacked and tan and you can lift hard. I think, you're, I think you're in a tough spot because like you're young and you do want to see how, how far you can push. Yeah. And it's fun, you know, it's, it's fun to see the guys that are like being 270 and shit like that and 290 yeah, that and awesome. Amazing. Just being, and just being big, yeah. you know, getting yourself huge and then, you know, trying to balance that out with, you know, getting leaner and stuff like it, all that stuff is, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it is dangerous. Yeah. That's why I'm looking, I look at like guys, like I'm in a position where I have the opportunity to like, just observe, observe everything. So, like, you know, aside from, I mean, Stan's even got smaller. I don't, he's still a maniac. But, like, everybody <laughs> I've seen that has pushed that limit has obviously gone in reverse prob because, the, like, you have to. But mm. I just don't know. Oh, yeah, some get forced to. Yeah, I don't know if mentally, I'm, mm. I don't know if I want to push that button and then know because I've seen everybody else do it, they've had a backtrack and then kind of like downside. I don't know how 
to me mentally right this second, I'm not going to be able to deal with that. So I think if I just go the other route and maybe just focus on, you know, the details mm -hmm. and the lines in my physique and not try to be this crazy mass monster, I think that when I have to transition out, I can maintain a lot of that and I won't go from like 290 to way down and then I'll feel like, I, I just don't know if, me personally, I don't think I'd be able to handle that because I just want to keep pushing until I fucking die and I'll just be like, I'm just going to stay at 290, I don't care what happens because I'm stubborn. So I think I'm learning myself and I don't think that's a good path for me to take. So We were, we were talking a little earlier about like strength and size and you know, whether the bigger guy is the stronger guy and so on. Um, I think that just kind of overall, I think that those of you that are listening, you should explore both. And you hear people will often tell you to work on your weaknesses. And, and I do agree that you should work on kind of your weak points. But I also think you should take advantage of the strengths that you have. Yep. Like Kenny was saying, Joe Sullivan would give him stuff that Kenny was already pretty good at. And then it gets you more excited and more hyped. So if you love bench pressing, there is nothing wrong with loving the bench press. Now, you still got to train your legs, though. Yeah. Now, when you train your legs, I know this is sacrilegious, you don't have to start out by doing squats. Like If you're new to all this stuff, give yourself some time. Give yourself some time to get used to everything. I do think that you should learn how to squat. I do think that you should take the time to learn how to do it. Have somebody show it to you. Watch YouTube videos. Squat on a Smith machine, again, another thing that's probably sacrilegious, but it makes it so much easier. Um, but find some ways to train your legs. Find some ways to bring up those weaknesses, but start your weeks off with the stuff that you like. And whenever you're kind of down and you're like, oh, I don't want to go, it's like raining out, it's cold out, and you're given every excuse in the world on not not go to the gym, throw yourself an underhand pitch. Throw yourself something really easy and simple to do that you already know that you love to do. That's going to keep you coming back time and time again. And I do think it's important that you not only work on strength, but I do think you, you should work on aesthetics. And I also think there should be some implementing of athletics or athleticism. Kenny has an, a unique ability to mimic somebody really easily. Like if I, was like if I said, hey, you know, hop on one foot like this across the gym, he's going to do it better than me, even though I just showed it to him. Or if I try to show him something new or novel, if it's physical, he's probably going to do it better than me. And Seema's like that, too. Yeah, he can just see what like you just that. did, and boom, he could pick it up right away. And you're like, because Seema will be like, oh, you meant to do it like this? And you're like, what the? Yeah. You're like, get out of here, you asshole. That's, yeah, that's but yeah, I think that those are things that if you're already good at certain things like that, you're already quick, you're already fast, you're explosive, you're good at sprints, you're good at jumping, whatever these things are, keep them around uh, however however what what in whatever way that you can yeah yeah i agree with that um what was i gonna say fuck hold on i was talking about encima uh yeah being able to mimic stuff for, oh yeah 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 for me the that to me i didn't think was any type of like cool athleticism to me it, just like i said early on before i knew any of the names to this stuff or figured out like what what this uh maybe, I don't know what to call it, athleticism is. Mm -hmm. um, it just felt mental. It just felt like, to me, it was always a mental thing, but I didn't understand until like somebody like you pointed it out and told me, you can do, th this is how this works. I mm -hmm. thought it was just, no I thought it was just a matter of 
well, that guy can't do it because he's not mentally telling himself, I can jump this higher, I can mm. move this way. You're just not trying hard enough. But then when I figured it out, I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's probably not the best way to look at it. And then I was pumped because I was like, oh, maybe this is something cool. It feels like, I don't know, superpower or something cool. But I, and SEMA does do a lot of that. <laughs> right. That's pretty crazy, yeah. But damn it, I was going to... Fuck, dude, I was going to bring something up. I just forgot, though. Damn it. What were we talking about before that? Right before in SEMA? I'm just talking about, like, mimicking stuff and uh, trying to keep athleticism, strength, trying to keep kind of all these pillars in there. Athleticism. Oh, yeah, yeah, Aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So keeping athleticism and, like, speed with the conjugate stuff, I, I... used to watch the West Side stuff all the time, and I had the most fun working on speed and explosiveness, like with the bands, with the chains, having to press hard against something, squat when bands or chains are on. Um, I think stuff like that is super, I think that's why I can be kind of like well-rounded in a sense, like strength, uh, how, you know, I think mass. that helped keep me together, too, because I did all the max effort work. I would change exercises every week, and then I did all the speed and explosive stuff. And when I transferred into running, it wasn't like I was explosive right away, yeah. but my body was still, like, safe. My body was still, um, like, just not getting injured, that's injury-proof. How, that's exactly what I felt I got from that. Maybe it would be the same if I took a different route, but I believe that the, the conjugate style that Jesse Burdick was giving us at the time it covered to me. It made so much sense, just like anything else, like even supplements. Those box you're squats. Covering, Boom. yeah, you're doing Boom. like every. I love doing those. Yeah, you're doing like everything possible to build. I don't know what it is. Your joints or your durability. Build whatever the fuck I'm building. Resilience. But I was doing everything. Yeah, I was doing everything. So then I was comfortable jumping into any type of exercise. I was like, I know I can do that because I train every single angle, tension, everything. So. That stuff helps, and uh, yeah, just don't neglect. If you have some type of strength, um, lean into it. Lean into it, yeah. Let's have a calf off. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, we're putting these bad boys away. Come on. <laughs> This guy surprise capped me. What the <laughs> fuck? I'm not even pumped. Didn't even give you a chance to get ready. Yeah. All right, take us on out of here, Kenny. I'm going to go eat some steaks. How about you? What are you going to eat tonight? Well, I'm trying to kill myself real hard. I'm, I've been doing no carbs, all right? Don't tell Coach Trevor. I've been doing no carbs just because I've been pissed off at the way I look. So I've been doing, uh, what is it? What is it? What's the protein powder that we sell? This is the way, this is this the the way. way. vanilla. Oh, so uh, good. And I, may, I just put almond milk in it or water. I just mix it up. I put almond butter in it. It makes a sludge. Oh. And it tastes fucking delicious. Sludge. So that's what I've been eating. Just in a shaker cup? No, in a bowl. You oh. Put the, oh. You put the vanilla way in oh, the Oh, I didn't realize you're a fucking genius. Yeah, Jesus you Christ. Put the, you put the liquid in there. Or you could use egg whites. That's really good, too. So you, this... So we got the protein. Egg whites might egg get you a little bit though. Or water or almond milk or regular milk if you if, if you're not dieting. And you just put a tiny amount and you just mix it all the way and it makes like a frosting. And then you put almond butter in there. It's fucking delicious. It tastes like 
like like a dessert. Oh man! You could put some chocolate. hydration in there if you guys oh, have yeah, the, the caramel, or caramel or the chocolate. The caramel sold out, I think, but mm. it's just fucking delicious. I'm telling you guys, you should try it. But that's what I'm gonna eat. Um, do some cardio tonight. So hope you guys enjoyed this video. Hope it made sense. Don't overcomplicate stuff. Get some carbs tomorrow morning. Have some rice and grinds. Yeah, yeah. Make Have sure some you get on some, me. some rice and grinds. There's some new flavors coming out. Um, Are these top know, secret? I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Oh, Anabolic 10 is a code. But it does have something to do with cake. I will say that, and it's, mm. it sounds fucking delicious. So go get some rice and grinds. Um, but, yeah, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Like the video. It helps a lot. We love the support. And... See you next episode. Sorry for being so jacked. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> to me personally, eating carbohydrates right before you work out has never actually made any sense, like almost mathematically to me, like or scientifically, because I don't understand how the carbohydrates would like get in your system that fast and help you. But from my own, like just reporting on how I feel when I have carbohydrates before a workout, a lot of times it does make me feel better. I just wouldn't get too happy or too comfortable because I'd be like, all right, but this needs to be permanent. So I need to give myself enough time to where I know this is a permanent change. This is not me getting excited for two months, losing 50 pounds, and then the third month I fall off and gain it back.